1: the penguins leading the rangers with about four and a half minutes left in the second period penguins trying to go up 3-1 in that series five and a half minutes left in the second period in washington capitals and panthers 1-1 the panthers are out shooting the caps 20 Nine, but the President's Trophy winners getting all they can handle from the Caps. Two games start at 7:30. The Flames and the Stars are gonna go at it. Uh, Dallas is up 2-1 in that series, and the Avalanche and the Predators are going to play in Nashville. Of course, the AVs lead that series three games to nothing. Tomorrow, Oilers and Kings at Rogers Place. Six o'clock for the face-off show. Game at eight, right here on 6:30. Ched Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to two. Uh, the Kings won games one and four. The Oilers won games two and three. And uh, three of the four games have been pretty lopsided, which has been one of the stories here in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. A lot of games, a lot of the series are close, but not a lot of the games have been close. But well, we've still only had two overtime games a week of the playoffs. That's kind of unusual, um, though we'll see what happens here the rest of the way. Uh, Gord Stellick is going to hop on in about an hour. He covers the Leafs for Sportsnet 590 in Toronto. They're in a pretty good battle there against the uh tampa bay lightning i want to dive into some of my thoughts not so much on officiating but how the nhl i think could improve the perception of the officiating i'll do that uh, later on in the show but right now i want to welcome courtesy sentinel storage shop canadian store canadian try four weeks free visit sentinelstorage.ca he joins us every week on the show former nhl goaltender now broadcaster kelly rudy kelly how are you doing
0: I'm doing fantastic Reed. I've, uh, I've taken the night off. So, uh, I've worked seven consecutive nights and I'm, uh, I'm getting a whole lot better and wiser in my age. So as you know, I'm 61 years old and, uh, I've decided that I'm going to start to take the odd day off instead of just pushing through all the time. And, uh, and I'm trying to do it guilt-free. I think a lot of your, uh, listeners can kind of appreciate that that you know we all sort of get stuck in our own sort of ways and then we feel that it's our obligation to just power through all the time and i've i'm trying to change my mind that uh, you know what i i deserve a day off and i'm gonna enjoy it
1: well good for you thanks for still coming on inside sports i remember i i doubt he was the first to say it but i remember specifically john tortorella saying it uh several years ago about finishing playoff series as quickly as you can and saying that rest is a weapon there you go as we get older though i don't know if it's actually a weapon it's maybe like a (laughs) kind of a dull pencil i don't know but it still
0: helps
1: (laughs) rest is a dull pencil that's going to be my quote it's it's uh, good for you for doing that
0: yeah thanks i uh, i know a lot of your listeners can appreciate it because we all uh sort of get stuck in our routines and we don't to, you know maybe take care of ourselves when we should
1: yeah absolutely okay i gotta admit kelly i i was surprised about something uh and i know sometimes you know we we banter with each other we'll give each sure. other a hard time and this is kind of a stat that i guess isn't great but i'm not bringing it up to to sure. kind of bug you or anything i was literally surprised because yep. i thought jonathan quick got a shutout and you played in the playoffs, uh, eighty-five games, in fact. Like I always yeah. think, once a guy gets to eighty or more playoff games, that's a lot because that's a season's worth of playoff games. Yeah. And I was yeah. shocked because you were a really good goalie who played in some really good games. You did not have a playoff
0: shutout. I couldn't believe. Okay. I literally couldn't believe it, man. When you said that about Jonathan Quick, and uh, I-, I know when that jumped out to me yesterday as well, his tenth uh, playoff shutout. And uh, I always wondered why, like I had. Plenty of one goal games, but I could never get a shutout. You know, I was never a shutout king anyways. Like, I think I, you and I have had this conversation. I can't remember. I I had between 15 and 20. I can't recall, which, you know, isn't a ton when you consider I played almost 700 NHL games. Now, having said that, I did play in an era where shutouts weren't uh, very easy to come by, in particular when I played in L.A., uh, it didn't matter what year. Uh, there weren't a lot of shutouts coming my way. But uh, clearly, um, you know, I, I think back when I was with the Islanders, and I had a lot of one-goal games then, I believe, but I was never able to get that one prize, and I wish I would have.
1: Yeah, I, I just thought it was uh, – I figured, you know, and in 93, you guys went all the way to the final. I was, I was yeah. kind of surprised that there wasn't – but you're right. The era, was, the era was a little different. I mean, you might have a yeah. game where you – uh, well, like you said, you had games where you won eight five, and you felt like, oh, I totally out goaltended the other guy, right? Oh, 100%. So, yeah.
0: And I, I probably had uh, three or four breakaways by Pavel Bure every single game I played. Bank. <laughs> it's not like it's not like I went into a game going, man, this this one looks pretty good for a shutout. <laughs> like if I can keep them under seven, I've done a great job. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh
1: the Kings kept the Oilers uh well under seven, which they 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 weren't able to do the night before. Man oh man, the, the back and forth of the playoffs, all those series that got to game four last night are tied two two, but we'll we'll obviously focus on uh the Oilers here. Uh I'm not surprised the series is tied two two. I guess I'm maybe a little surprised at how it got there. And I'm curious what you thought because that didn't uh Credit to the Kings, of course, but I also felt like I wasn't overly familiar with the Oilers team I saw on the ice last night.
0: I'm with you. Uh, I thought the Oilers uh, fell flat. Uh, I didn't see a lot of guys that had great nights, um, not pointing fingers at anybody because I think it's a, it was a group thing for them. Uh, although I thought Mike Smith played rather well. Uh, he had a lot of shots. I will say this. I, I thought like he had a lot of volume of shots. I'm not sure he had you know, 15 high quality chances against them. But nonetheless, that's how a Todd McClellan coach team operates, right? They like to get lots of pucks to the net and crash the net and look for deflections along the way. So, but, uh, L.A. is a team, and I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, uh, they don't give you much, and and I know, Reed, you watch them quite a bit down the stretch as well, uh, and they they came into Edmonton and Calgary and went on to Winnipeg uh, after that trip, and uh, they had, you know, some people, I, I will have to say, some guys you had in the lineup that I hadn't really heard much of because of injuries, and uh, they had a banged up defense, and yet they play hard. They don't give you much at all, and even though Jonathan Quick had a shutout yesterday, Up until, I think, in the second period, I can only think of one good chance until the wraparound by Darnell Nurse and then the Yamamoto chance and Kane chance were uh, quick and lost his catching glove, And then a couple more in the third, but not a lot of high danger chances. So that's what I expect again tomorrow. It's going to be a battle.
1: Okay, so you mentioned the volume of the shots, and... We, we know the stats throughout the regular season, Kings outshot teams. I mean, I think they had a stretch of 21 in a row. They outshot teams. Yeah. And what's really struck me, and I know teams want to shoot, but they've had, it, they have times they're, like they're not even looking at the net. They just win a puck battle along the boards inside the blue line and just yeah. <laughs> sweep it down towards the goal. I mean, it's almost like they're not worried about the quality of the shot at all. Just get it down there
0: and they're hoping for a, maybe a regular uh, redirection or a, or tip and or something off the back of a leg or back of a skate or, you know, anything. They, they don't even care. They just try and get bodies to the net, and it, it's a pretty good strategy. In our second intermission last night, we talked about that, and it wasn't just based on the the Kings and the Oilers. It was uh, We showed a whole bunch of goals that were just simple deflections where uh, a guy gets it back to the point, and you don't barely ever see Any big slapper anymore? And in fact, Kevin Dexa has a hockey academy in Southern California, and he said that they do at least one drill every day, and it lasts about ten minutes, where you get the puck back to the point. The defenseman's not allowed to take a slap shot; he just sort of walks the line and then a wrister towards the net. And they have people in front; they try and redirect. And he said that's just a strategy now. It's you know, it's uh, I would say this is sort of. Crept into our game about four or five years ago, Reed, where I, where I really started to notice that it, it, I don't care if you haven't got a big slap shot anymore. Nobody uses it. It's just a wrist shot, a wrist shot to the front and a redirect. And that's, and it's really hard for a goaltender especially if it's in the high slot, the redirect.
1: Well, and, and you make an interesting point. And something that Rob has talked about when he's talked about deflections that he, he has said, you know, because I, I guess I remember when I was when I was younger and I didn't play a high level of hockey, but it's like, okay, you want the point shot along the ice so it's easier to tip. But Rob yeah. says if you're in the NHL, if it's wristed in a foot or two off the ice, then when you tip it, the goalie doesn't know if it's going up or down.
0: That's right. I agree with that. It's a really good strategy. And by the way, I've never seen the players uh, more adept at the, uh, the, the redirects in front and, and so incredibly accurate. Like, it's not just, a, uh, OK, I've got my stick on it and then who knows where it's going they have an idea what's happening. I think go back to the, uh, what is it, triple overtime, uh, Pittsburgh and Rangers, that deflection by Malkin, uh, it, it, it couldn't have been better, right? It, it Right where the post and the crossbar meet and uh, it goes in. So it is a, uh, a skill that is, um, I think, underappreciated, but it's a huge part of our game now. Kelly
1: Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. So quick without the catching glove, did you ever make a save or saves missing any equipment?
0: Uh, I'm going to hesitate because I do recall the odd time where my glove may have come off, but most likely my blocker. Um, But I don't think I've seen anything quite as spectacular as quick last night. And by the way, I don't know if you watched it, but after the whistle had blown, when he's putting his uh, catching glove back on, if you notice how tightly he's cinching it up. Like, I don't know how it came off in the first place. Like, it's not just hanging there. It's not like it's loosely hanging from his glove or from his hand when he's playing. It it was tightly cinched on there. I don't know. I don't know if the Velcro that he uses to cinch it somehow maybe got tangled uh, into the net uh the webbing on the net and somehow it uh, came off that way there's that one of the strangest things but two incredible saves right off yamamoto got him on the shoulder then the crossbar and then evander kane with a great shot and he made a blocker save special
1: i could almost argue that given the change in in the equipment from your era to what guys were now that you were basically missing equipment from your for your entire career
0: <laughs> oh totally right <laughs> Like my pads, how tiny they were. and If I had to redo, you can bet that I'd go with uh, the bigger giant pads that they wear now and the, the en- enormous uh, chest and uh, uh, arm protection that they have.
1: Yeah, yeah. take a few more inches away for guys to aim at. Okay, uh, before I let you go, good observations on the Oilers. The Calgary Flames, uh, we, we've seen quite a few, a lot of goals in a lot of series. Uh, not Calgary and Dallas. Big one for the Flames tonight. Uh, Should Flames fans, and we know it's going to be tough, but is this tougher than you thought it would be? Should there be concern for Flames Nation? What are you thinking?
0: I'm not concerned. uh, uh, And I'm not surprised that it's this tough. Uh, I kind of expected Rick Bonus to do a great job with that team. They sort of limped into the playoffs. But they, as you've watched a series, I mean, that is tough hockey. I mean, that is, uh, that's play along the boards not much they're not giving them much and uh i kind of do think because that's a style that the the planes have played the entire season that they'll find a way to uh sneak out a victory tonight in dallas okay
1: well kelly we really appreciate your time i hope you enjoy the rest of your evening and uh whenever we check in next week we will have plenty more to discuss playoffs <laughs> are always full of storylines
0: man hope you have a great evening thanks reed take care my friend
1: All right, that is Kelly Rudy on Inside Sports tonight. As always, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. I can tell you that the second period has wrapped up in Pittsburgh, and the Penguins are rolling a 6-2 lead on the New York Rangers. Back after a couple of messages for more Inside Sports. Okay. Appreciate you tuning in tonight's game four tomorrow. Oilers and Kings. Once again, an eight o'clock start. Our coverage will start at six with the face-off show. Same times for Thursday. There will be a watch party at Rogers place on Thursday and tickets uh, for that go on sale at 11 a.m. tomorrow. So fun times, tense times, embrace the tension. That's what I say. Better than not being in the playoffs at all. We had several years of that here in oil country. So hopefully the Oilers can figure this out against the Kings. Big game later tonight, uh, obviously between the flames and the stars and uh, Dallas with a two, one series lead in that one. The Oilers obviously have to execute better. I I think they got to take care of details better play with a little more energy, a little more desperation in their game. I thought the Kings were the far more desperate team last night. I'm really curious to see what happens at the morning skate tomorrow and, and if Jay Woodcroft will shuffle up the lines a, a little bit. He did it in-game uh, at, at times yesterday, and we, we've had games in which obviously the Oilers have gone with 11 forwards and 7-D, so the lines tend to get jumbled around quite a bit in those games. No, no, Derek Ryan didn't play yesterday. He was a late scratch, being a little bit banged up. Derek Broussard played, so I'm not sure the status for Ryan for that game tomorrow but I, I wonder if we might see a change here to the top six and you know, I know, yes, he pulled the RV, scored in this series. I also know he's a very inconsistent player and yes, there are other players who are not scoring and maybe you wish you got a little more juice from, but they're generally not playing in the top six. I mean, I, I suppose Warren Fogle would come to mind. Has someone like that been really noticeable in this series? Probably not, but you know, Fogel's kind of become a third, well, become a fourth line player on this team, really. I, I would personally reunite McDavid, Kane, and Yamamoto. They were together when Puliarvi was injured, and they did really well. Now, McDavid and Kane have done really well, kind of regardless of who they're playing with, But, but I think that's an opportunity there. And that's a really strong line. Now, Yamamoto also plays well with Dreisaitl. Jay Woodcroft gave a really good quote late in the regular season. He said that Kyler Yamamoto is a popular request as a line mate because he does a lot of the dirty work by forechecking, keeping pucks alive, going in there, taking on bigger guys, all those kinds of things. But I, I mean, I wonder if the top six is better off, at least for tomorrow's game, if you put McDavid between Kane and Yamamoto and then had Dreisaitl. And then personally, for me, it would be McLeod that would go up because of his speed. And he's had some good games in the top six earlier in the season as well. Hyman is versatile enough. He moves to the right side. Could you have Dreisaitl centering McLeod and Hyman? And then the bottom six, I suppose, depends on health. Um you know, Nugent Hopkins could, could play with Puglia perhaps or Archibald on the left side. Um, you could bring shore in. Uh, you could have, you know, maybe Ryan playing fourth line center, perhaps Fogle Cassian on the wings. Um, just some ideas there. I I don't think they would take Puglia out of the lineup. I know a couple of callers asked about that after last night's game. I, I think that might be a little extreme because you never know. He might have a game where he's really going, but, I, I've, you know, I, I wouldn't mind him seeing on a line. i uh, 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 seeing him on a line with Nugent Hopkins. Now, I, I know the other option could be is is bumping Nugent into the top six, so maybe you had Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins, Drysital, and Hyman, and then McLeod maybe centers Pulleyarvey and Archibald, or Pulleyarvey and Ryan or Fogel or whoever you want to look at it. But I I think it's more valuable unless you're you're really shortening the bench or, or going for it in the third period. I think it's more valuable to have those three different guys at centers, McDavid, oh, all-playing center, McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins. I, I wonder if that might be a shake-up tomorrow because it, it was a tough game all around for Edmonton yesterday. Uh, I don't want to blame it on Pugliarvi. I'm not doing that, but I, I think he's the most inconsistent of the, in, of the players in the Oilers' top seven if you want to refer to it that way. And I think Kane, McDavid, and Yamamoto is is a really, really good line. And again, because of McLeod's speed, I, I would put him up there with sidle. That's, that's the tweak I, that I wonder might be coming tomorrow. Um, you know, Jay Woodcroft has said in the past, he views, yes, he is a top six player and wants to play him in the top six. So I guess we'll find out uh, at the morning skate and obviously about the uh, health of Derek Ryan as well, who couldn't play in yesterday's game. All right. Uh, of course, we are happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063, if you want to chime in on anything. We will take a deeper look at that Leaf series and the mood in Toronto and what this first round means uh, for their core players who like these, uh, you know, the Oilers' core players have not been able to advance past the first round. And uh, I want to dive into some uh, thoughts on officiating and how the NHL could maybe boost the perception of its officials. So that's coming up next on Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.